MSW Media. News was wearing daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, January 12, 2021. Today, an article of impeachment has been formally introduced charging Trump with inciting an insurrection. The U.S. Attorney General in D.C. is considering charging Trump for inciting a riot. White House counsel and Bill Barr had advised Trump against a self-pardon. The State Department website showed Trump and Pence terms had ended. Uh, Melania makes a ridiculous statement. And Pence visits the White House today. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Okay, so there's been a couple of stories breaking that didn't quite make it into the headlines right there. One includes that, you know, two officers have been suspended and another has been arrested from the Capitol Police. And I'll get into that later. And then I'll also be talking with Riel Jones. She's the creator of the Black America Caucus, and she's got a new podcast coming up. And we're going to talk about some of the blind spots in the media, big blind spots in the media because of white privilege. Um, and that's going to be a very fascinating conversation. Dana, how are, how are you holding up? Um, oh, I'm okay. I, I'm um, just okay. I don't want to say I'm doing great. I'm tired and I'm angry. And it's interesting because I know a lot of people are worried. This is what I'll say is that, you know, the FBI had a, um, a report that there's going to be possible uh, insurrections in all 50 capitals. Um but I would say this, if you're in places like California or New York, I would still say out of Los Angeles and New York City, because I'm not sure they know that the capitals of California are not Los Angeles and the capital of New York is not New York City. <laughs> I don't think any of these people know that they need to go to Sacramento. Um, so on a, I have to just find some humor in it, but I'm, I'm hanging in there. Not my, not my best mo- moment, but we're going to get through it. Mm. Yep. And... Uh, the 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 news landscape is changing so rapidly that I'm just going to try to hit all these headlines as they come out. So let's do it. Yeah, let's do this. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. So there's not really one specific lead story today uh, other than, you know, I, I would consider the fact that there were two officers that have been suspended from the Capitol Police and one who has been arrested. The two have been suspended, according to CNN and Shimon Prokopez, are the guy who was taking selfies with people. Good. Uh-huh. And another guy who was wearing a MAGA hat and directing insurrectionists as to where to go inside the Capitol. Uh, additionally, 10 to 15 more Capitol Police officers are currently under investigation for their participation and role in the insurrection. And this just sort of goes toward my what I thought was a out of out of nowhere super space beans tinfoil hat theory that this was an inside job. Uh, but it sure looks like <laughs> as the evidence keeps mounting, it seems to be that way. So the let's talk a little bit about um, the impeachment. First of all, it was introduced on the floor today. Uh, it was immediately blocked by Republicans for unanimous consent, but they're going to bring it to a vote uh, to the floor on Wednesday. It's expected to pass. Um, I, I'm not concerned about it passing the House, but they, they want to do this trick where they can call Senate leadership back in and have a fast vote mm-hmm. as opposed to McConnell's original idea of waiting until January 20th at 1 p.m. to think about it. So, again, you know, Dana, you and I have talked about this and many people have said if anything happens between now and then, um, uh, you know, the, the the blood is on McConnell's hands and Pence for not invoking the 25th Amendment. 100 percent. Yeah. And it's it's, it, you know, with what you had just mentioned with this FBI memo. And I just saw spoke to C- CNN sp- speaking to Andy McCabe about this, this FBI memo coming out and saying armed protests are expected. I don't know that I would call them protests, but armed protests are expected uh, in all 50 state capitals and D.C., mostly uh kind of concentrated between January 16th and January 20th. They have closed. Uh, I know that they've closed the Washington Monument until mm-hmm. January 20th, 24th, because of white supremacist terror attack threats. Um, so that's serious business. And that McConnell would just want to wait seems odd to me. He's He is who he is through and through. It doesn't matter that mm-hmm. bullshit speech he gave on the Senate floor. He That man is an, a diabolical, evil person. 
through and through. Yeah. And if y'all remember, I remember this when we talked, when we were going through the first impeachment, which, by the way, is an insane phrase, the first impeachment. I know. Uh, That's just, uh, wow, uh, that I can say that. But when we're going through the first impeachment, there were people who were saying that you needed three, I think three senators, uh, senators now, to say they wanted to cast their votes for conviction um, they want to cast their votes for conviction by secret ballot, and they could do that. So any senator who, and you'll probably hear this in the coming weeks or coming days, coming week, uh, any senator, Republican senator, who says, you know, I fear for my life and the safety of my family and my political future if I've attached my name to a yes vote to remove mm-hmm. and convict and remove. But if you can, and I, and I, you know, I'm still checking with some experts on this but this you know this comes from a, a, an article and some reporting that we had done back in the day on the first impeachment but they can apparently do a secret vote now I, I would like them to all be held accountable but my point being is if they try to say it's because of that that seems to be disingenuous um, and it looks like there has been significant outreach to Republicans on the House side to impeach Trump as well and there's about 10 to 12 that said they're willing to join the Democrats so far, there are 214 co-sponsors officially, and that doesn't mean you're for it. That that means you're actually signing your name to the bill or to the resolution, mm-hmm. uh, and they're all Democrats. Ted Lieu told CNN today he hopes that some House Republicans will vote with them. 56% of Americans support removing Trump immediately. 56%. That's huge. Massive. Um, there will be heightened security, they're reporting, for the impeachment vote as well. Marco Rubio blasted Biden and the Democrats, saying talks of impeachment are ridiculous and impeachment would just embolden Trump's base. But January 6th happened without an impeachment. And how much more emboldened would you like them to be? See, that's my thing. I mean, last time he was impeached, you didn't see an insurrection. And he was successfully impeached. He wasn't removed, but there was an impeachment. So don't pretend that this is going to embolden them. This is a base that if they win, they're emboldened. And if they lose, they're out of control. We need to stop catering to these people and do our fucking jobs. Mm-hmm. Like that would be really nice to, if that happened. Yeah. And that's and this statement by Marco Rubio, impeachment would embolden Trump's base, plays into my theory that the whole reason McConnell's delaying anything until Inauguration Day is because he wants to blame the any uh, armed uprising on something else besides himself and his party. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Now, uh, Cory Bush has introduced a resolution to expel all of the Republicans in the House who voted to object to the election. And, the, and again, uh, we talked about the FBI sending out their warning to all 50 states, which also includes that they are tracking various threats to harm Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and Speaker Pelosi. Specifically, oh, can we just have the inauguration behind closed doors in a secret location, please? I just, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm pissed because they've created, you know, these lunatics have created a situation where we can't have nice things. But you know what? I this year, I understand we'll mourn the loss of the tradition, the inauguration, everything that comes with it. Be safe. Do behind closed doors. Get them in there so that they are the president and the vice president, and let's move forward. I'm, I'm, I'm on the work we need done. I just don't, I don't need the fanfare. Yeah, I'm with you too. Uh, the, the argument against, and I've seen this on Twitter quite a bit, is that it, they'll win if we hide and, and behind closed doors and, and swear them in behind closed doors. It, it'll look like a, it'll look like weakness. But I mean, uh, no, I don't, I think what looks like weakness is that these armed insurrectionists were able to gain access to the inner sanctum of the seat of democracy in the United States, and that all the cabinet members are resigning, uh, including Chad Wolf. He has resigned now. He just He's the Department of Homeland Security secretary, sort of. Uh, he, he's, he's resigning nine days ahead of the inauguration as he continues to shirk his responsibilities. Clearly, I think this is him stepping down to have to, have to avoid voting on a 25th Amendment. Absolutely. Pence visited the White House today, uh, and there's an interesting uh, story out with a, a buried lead about uh, Vice President Pence that two aides close to him, have, have two sources, have told uh, CNN that Pence is, doesn't want to or will not, is not considering a pardon for Trump if Trump resigns. So I'm not sure what Pence was there discussing with Trump today, but Pence runs the risk of, of having Trump expose whatever dirt Trump has on Pence if Pence 
invokes the 25th Amendment. I mean, if you ask yourself why Pence and these Republicans aren't willing to go along with the clear need to remove this extremely present danger from the White House, it has to be because he has he will expose them for something unless pence is under some sort of a delusion that he has an opportunity to be a president of the united states one day and doesn't want to upset the base i mean that's even more crazy i mean that's crazy pants if he actually has that delusion but there's a possibility Mm. Yeah. And, and amidst all that, something really weird went down on the State Department website, Dana. See, I love this because this is someone that has a <laughs> sense of humor. I feel like this is the same sort of employee that like, I don't know if you remember a couple years ago, someone shut down Trump's, uh, Trump's Twitter account for like a day or three hours or something. And it was just a big deal. But you know, someone pushed that button. So a disgruntled employee at the State Department changed the biographies of President Donald Trump and Vice President Mike Pence to say their term was coming to an end on Monday, as in yesterday, nine days before President elect Joe Biden is to be sworn in. So that's two current serving diplomats with knowledge of the situation told BuzzFeed. So the changes to the State Department's website came days after Trump incited that insurrection on the Capitol that has led to, as we know, Democrats to begin the process of impeaching him for a second time, which has never been done in the history, meaning no president has ever been impeached twice. Congratulations, Donald. And also led to calls for Pence to invoke the 25th and remove him. So The president's biography was changed to read Donald J. Trump's term ended January 11th, 2021. That's January 11th, 2021 at basically, I love this. It's at 749 p.m. for some reason. It's written in military time. It says 1949. So 194900. How do you say that in military time? Uh, 1949. <laughs> yeah, 1949. Yeah, yeah. 194900. I like better. Uh, while the vice president's <laughs> biography was edited to Michael R. Pence's term ended on January 11th at 194422, which I find very interesting. <laughs> Do you know why the time on that? Am I not seeing it? Is there some sort of funny thing there that I'm not seeing? Yeah, and there was a, there's actually a typo in this article. Trump's Trump's thing ended actually at 1949 hours and 41 seconds. And and ah. so just just little under five minutes before that at 1944 hours and 22 seconds is when Pence's term ended. I think that's GMT Zulu time. <laughs> that's really funny. But it it's clearly I mean, it, the, the code was entered, too. If you go and look at the code, behind, you know, which you can do at, on websites, yeah. it's it's specific. It's that. And uh, I don't know why. Well, apparently it was also changed multiple times, mm-hmm. which is which is really interesting. So the timestamp on his page, people either went in and changed it and changed it back or tried to change it again and change it back. But before both pages were basically removed at 3.50 p.m. And now they're for whatever time they were up are now replaced with a 404 reading. So obviously there's no connection there. And a quote that says, we're sorry the site is currently experiencing technical difficulties. Please try again in a few moments. Uh, yeah, so that, like I said, to me, that's just a sense of humor of someone from the inside. But uh, one of the diplomats said that the Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, has actually ordered an internal investigation into that matter, AG. Into that matter. Not anything with the, you know, the insurrection or anything else. He didn't give a shit about that. Mm, He wants an investigation into who's fucking with the website. Um, He's going to start that with the interns and the employees leaving the State Department this week and next ahead of the transition to the Biden administration. Mm. I think my favorite part is we've learned that the State Department website is run on WordPress. (laughs) (laughs) Which, hey, my website's run on WordPress. Cool. So is mine, but you know what? I barely, uh, yeah. It doesn't take a genius. No offense to me or you, but it doesn't take a genius. <laughs> now, uh, here's something interesting, too, because we called this out. Uh, I've tweeted this a few times a couple weeks ago. I'm like, dude, I would bet money, real money, that that Donald Trump, and I think I even used this voice, that Donald Trump called Bill Barr into his office and said, please, guys, can I pardon myself? Could I please pardon myself? And and Barr was like, fuck no, dude. And I think a lot of Barr leaving early was that he had some some sort of foreknowledge of the maybe the insurrection, the self-pardon, whatever it is. But he he left. Uh, but now uh, White House counsel Pat Cipollone and former attorney, attorney general Bill Barr have warned the, the multiple sources are telling CNN that they did warn Donald Trump. They do not believe he should pardon himself. Barr conveyed that position to Trump before resigning last month. 
And, and Trump in, in recent weeks has raised the idea of pardoning himself. He's been raising this idea for a long time, as well as pardoning members of his family, though it's not known uh, if he has done so since Wednesday's attack on the Capitol. We don't know. Trump has been heavily criticized for his role in citing the attack, as we know. Um, over the weekend, the acting U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia told NPR top prosecutors will follow every investigative lead they can to determine roles in the attack, even if that means scrutinizing government officials and two separate sources close to Pence. And this was that buried lead I told you about. Say it's highly unlikely Pence would issue a pardon to Trump in this scenario. Uh, Pence has been a lapdog for Trump, but now feels frustrated and disappointed. Uh, quote unquote. <laughs> okay, Susan Collins. That Trump tried to have him assassinated. Uh, that Trump's behavior uh, around the insurrection <laughs> and not calling to check on him during and after the oh. riots. He didn't call to check on me. That's after he he told a mob to. Ha- okay, and the Attorney General of Washington D.C. says he's considering charging President Trump with inciting the violent attack on the Capitol building carried out by his supporters. Now, keep in mind. The Attorney General of D.C. is different from the U.S. Attorney General in D.C. Right. The the D.C. Attorney General is Carl Racine. He's the D.C. AG. Michael Sherwin is the acting U.S. Attorney General for D.C. He's the one who replaced Timothy Shea, who replaced Jesse Liu, who was chased out after being promised a job at the Treasury. I think we all remember that. But D.C. Attorney Carl Racine is weighing charges for the president stemming from the January 6th siege on the Capitol. Evan Perez from CNN reported on this news, but says Racine is taking an expansive view of his powers by claiming that charging the president is within his purview rather than that of the U.S. Attorney General, Michael Sherwin. Because normally Racine just does that D.C. code stuff, right? Like right. The, the quote unquote local D.C. crimes and the, everything else is federally prosecuted. They share an office. Um, but everything that Racine... Um, prosecutes is pardonable by the president because they don't have a governor to to pardon the state, quote unquote, or local, quote unquote, crimes. It's a very different, weird situation. We had Glenn Kirshner on to explain a couple weeks back. And Preet Bharara was just on CNN. I watched him with my own eyes. That's your source. And uh, said that Trump does have the power to pardon all of the insurrectionists. He says you can pardon a group. Also, you don't have to pardon individuals by name. Uh, they this is shown when they pardoned all of the people who avoided the draft during Vietnam. Oh, my God. And you don't have to wait to be charged with a crime to be pardoned either. We knew that. So that's coming from Preet Bharara, not to mention local D.C. crimes, as I said, are all federal. They can all be pardoned, even if they're brought by Carl Racine and not the U.S. attorney uh, general in D.C., t- uh, Sherwin. And so it's just very important to note that is one of the reasons that it is so imperative that we remove him from office now, invoke the 25th Amendment, impeach and remove quickly this week before he pardons blanketly these insurrectionists. Those pardons would likely stand in a court. They could be challenged, but they could all be pardoned. All of these arrests, zip tie guy, who's, by the way, wife turned him in. I know, it was, what, his ex-wife? Yeah, his ex-wife turned him in. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, what kind of a shitty person are you? (laughs) Buffalo guy, uh, the guy who stole the lectern, guy who smeared shit all over the rotunda, they could be pardoned. I don't, I can't even think that. It infuriates me. Mm. Ugh, infuriates me. Wait for it, because it will happen. Oh, AG, normally I like your beans. I don't like your beans today. Even, Even if Trump were impeached and then convicted, Trump would see that coming and probably do it. Ahead of time. And if Pence was there today saying, hey, I have to invoke the 25th Amendment, dude, can you not spill all the beans on me? That'd be great. Uh, He would know it's coming. I don't think he would be taken aback by a 25th Amendment or by any revocation of his power. So keep your eyes out for that. Keep your eyes out for that. Now, everyone's like, politically, it would be very damaging. But like that has stopped him before. Mm? Yeah, it's not going to matter. Um, oh, goodness. In, in more white privilege uh, from the White House, Melania has released a statement about the insurrection. This is how it started. Here are some of the lowlights. Uh, most recently, she said, my heart goes out to Air Force veteran Ashley Babbitt, Benjamin Phillips, Gavin Greeson, Roseanne Boylan, and Capitol Police officers Brian Sicknick and Howard Liebengood. I pray for their family's comfort and strength during this difficult time. Now, AG, that would have been lovely, wouldn't it? I mean, just that. Leave it. Walk away. Then she continues with, I'm disappointed and disheartened with what happened last week. 
I find it shameful that surrounding these tragic events, there's been salacious gossip, unwarranted personal attacks, and false misleading accusations on me. I'm sorry. What? On you? <laughs> Somehow Melania Trump has made her the victim of our capital's insurrection from people who are looking to be relevant and have an agenda. Says, uh, listen, I'm not going to say because I'm sure there's some wonderful models out there that are contributing wonderful things to society. I just don't think she's one of them. Uh, she says, this time is solely about healing our country and its citizens. It should not be used for personal gain. Oh, my God. So she's telling us what not to do for personal gain. Correct. You are correct. Okay. And, oh, I love how she led with Ashley Babbitt. Oh, yeah. Let's start with that one. The fucking traitor. Who drove across the United States. Drove across the United States to take out Pence and Pelosi. Mm. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Yeah, and, and, and instead of referring to her as uh, the person she is with four restraining orders and a lot of <laughs> law enforcement entanglements before this, they just call her, oh, U.S. Air Force veteran. Right. Of course they do, because then if we if we hate on her, we're anti-American, we're not patriotic. mm Mm-hmm. Not everyone who served in the military is a good person, people. Yeah, and that is a big one of the big blind spots in the media right now. That it's just that no one seems to be addressing. And I'm going to be talking about that with the the creator of the Black America Caucus. Her name is Riel Jones, and I'm going to be speaking with her right after the break. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. Well, it's 2020 is over, so the stress and anxiety should be over, too, but it is not. Uh, we still have a ways to go, and I've got a recommendation for you. It's a mobile game with breathtaking visuals, a gripping story, and it really is a great escape, and I love it. It's called Best Fiends. It's a super fun game app I am pretty obsessed with. I love Best Fiends because it's a refreshing pause from the daily insanity of politics and pandemics, but it keeps my mind focused and active. Best Fiends, for me, is a great stress reliever. It's part of my self-care routine, and I can focus on my character collection and leveling them up and the challenging puzzles that engage my brain, and it's fun. Uh, I started playing Best Fiends uh, once in a while as a quick uh, distraction, but I've been captivated by it. The, the visuals are incredible. The design is beautiful. I got deeper into the story. Uh, most of the characters are bugs, and the antagonists are slugs. Uh, you collect a ton of characters. You need to use them strategically. It's not just sort of a mindless game. Uh, and I find myself paying more and more attention to it. And I do it in weird places at random times because you don't need the internet to play it. So I don't have to worry about Wi-Fi access or using cell data. And Best Fiends treats the game like a service for their players. It updates it monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. Uh, I absolutely love it. Um, and now uh, Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience unlike any other games out there. So you should check it out. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. I love it. So download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I'm joined by um, a guest we've had on the show before, uh, and I wanted to bring bring her on again to discuss what's been going on over the last week in the media regarding the insurrection on January 6th. She's the creator of the Black America Summit, and she's going to be creating a podcast about the Black America Summit, Riel Jones. Riel, welcome back. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm really excited to talk to you because there's so much that I think that is being missed in the reporting that's happening right now. Um, because of because of white privilege and blind spots and just and and I think it's so important that we have this discussion and I wanted you to tell to talk a little bit um, first about what you're seeing in the media since the attack on the Capitol uh, because I think it's it's very important that we address some of the things that are being missed definitely um, first I want to like highlight that what's happening now is not the same as what was happening over the summer. This is not, um, I feel like a lot of people are tying the insurrection with Black Lives Matter and um, Black people calling for justice, calling for um, the end of police brutality and mixing it in because they're both tied to race relations. Um, that's not fair. That's the first thing I wanna say. The second thing I feel like the media is missing is the role of white female privilege. Um, we could first look at Ashley who stormed the Capitol and was trying to break into, I believe it was like the speaker area. And um, she was using a flag to, to punch through a window of a barricade door with a gun drawn on her. Um, the immediate response 
was for both the insurrectionists who are supposedly fighting against the police and fighting against our structure coming together immediately to support this terrorist. Both the police and the insurrectionists, one of whom identified himself like as a paramedic or EMT or something like that, and um, started helping her and started to um, provide medical assistance. They worked together to make sure that a path was cleared for um, Ashley, again, a terrorist, someone who's, who is trying to bring down our actual country. They banned with the police to get her out. Black people have been asking that the police treat us more humanely. I feel like this is an example of treating someone as a person versus what you feel like they're doing. Um, we also see this with the woman, Elizabeth from Knoxville, Tennessee, you know, who had the, who brought an onion to the, the, what she called the revolution so that she could have it to try to draw out tears. She knew before she came that being a white woman and using her tears would automatically give her empathy and sympathy. So she came prepared, like who comes to a protest with an onion, right? Or you have um, the black cop who was punched by a white woman and um, the white men go to hit her and then they bring her to the other cops. So they knew that, so we're fighting, they're fighting against the cops, but they knew the cops would be on their side and actually using force against this black woman who is a cop or a security person or whatever. And they, 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 that's the first time you see in that video, them, the cops, the police spraying people. And then you see a white man who extends his arms to block all the other white people away from the black woman who's now getting brutalized by the police. Um, and then you also see, because we had a lot of state capitals um, being taken over in Los Angeles, you had a white woman who confronted and um, took off the wig of a black woman who was walking home. And that became the mob then attacked her. And it became a big thing in the news about how a white man saved the black woman by taking, you know, putting her in his arms and carrying her out. But no one talked about who hit her first. Um, I think the media is really missing the fact that like white women right now are using the inherent sympathy and empathy that we have been taught to give to their advantage to try to take down our country. And we're not using um, our discernment to seeing like, this is not true. You know, like this isn't, yeah. you know, we should fight against this. And um, I think that's something that the media should be more aware of and covering it and not, immediately going to giving empathy because that's what these terrorists are are banking on for you not to see them as terrorists but for you to see them in their womanhood in their whiteness yeah and it's and it's it's kind of inherent in the language right because whenever ashley babbitt is referred to she's referred oh u.s air force veteran mm -hmm. from arizona ashley babbitt not you know four-time person the person who's had four restraining orders against her or her past crimes right. she's not referred to she's not referred to by she's not defined by her past crimes or her terrorist you know ideology mm -hmm. she is referred to as a as an air force veteran and and we see the opposite of that with i mean just hundreds yeah. you know Brianna Taylor and her boyfriend or uh you know um George Floyd and his past crimes or you know whenever they refer to you know Michael Brown it's always about what they, their criminal record or they'll put up a picture of their mugshot yeah. on the screen even kids Tamir Rice can't have a, a toy gun like it doesn't like mm -hmm. you know they will criminalize a child <laughs> there's no <laughs> mm -hmm. But they'll put up a picture of Ashley Babbitt in her in her uni in her military uniform, right. uh, and say she's a you know a, a veteran, a U.S. Air Force veteran. Uh, and I'm here to I'm here to just tell everyone, uh, not all veterans are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I, I that needs to be said. And and something else I've noticed too that I was hoping you could address is that we are learning as t as the days go by and people are being arrested. Uh, that we've had Seattle police, mm -hmm. um, we've had former military, we've had current military, we've had lawmakers, the West Virginia lawmaker, we've had lawyers and doctors arrested, we've had firemen from New York um, that were in uh, among the insurrectionists. Uh, and to, to, like, I have not seen anybody stand back and say, wow, has anybody noticed all of these white nationalists, racist white supremacists infiltrating our institutions has this not is 
Have we not noticed? I mean, because it's been happening. It's been happening forever. And it's still we're, we're, we're arresting people in, in positions of power and, and still not mentioning it. Exactly. And I think this is a thing like especially black women have been arguing, have been even in our dissertations writing about the racism and discrimination we, we feel and we go through in all aspects of our lives whether it is us going to get medical care and we're not receive the same um, care or, you know, we're going, like what, wherever we go, it's just, it's not the same. And, and we've been writing about it. Our workplace interactions are not the same. When we write about how we are being treated, it's not taken as seriously. It's, it's assumed that we, there's something that we're missing as black people and our perception's not right. This is, this shows us that our perceptions of Black people and our experiences has been right on, that there are white supremacists, there are racists throughout these institutions that, yes, you can be a professional, you can be smart, because I think white Americans take, they, especially liberals, they feel like, well, I'm educated, I know all this stuff about the world, I can't be this, I can't be ignorant, so, you know, that's how you get racist, because they're just ignorant. No, there's a lot of people who hold this heart, this, this, these feelings in their heart and they take it into their profession and black people have been complaining, but no one's been hearing us, you know, it's just like, it's hyperbole. It's not that bad. <laughs> you know, you just don't know. <laughs> I'm here to say, you know, I'm educated. I'm a white liberal. And when first watching the, you know, the events unfold on Wednesday, you, you know, you're, you're shocked and appalled. I am as a, as a white woman, because I grew up thinking this is not how it should be. And I was never faced with how it is, because why would I be? Right. Uh, and and so that doesn't make me a terrible person, but it makes me need to pause and try to see it from other points of view. And that's why I wanted you to come on today, because you wrote me a beautiful email and you took time out of your day to say, hey, I think that you should address this. And this is missing from your, you know, from your uh, reporting. And uh, first of all, I just wanted to thank you for taking, I have so much gratitude for you to take the time out to do that. That's not your job, uh, you know, to, to educate me on this. Can I add one more thing? Yeah, of course. Um, and this goes back to like the, the desire to differentiate between like Trumpers and the bad people versus just like being white and being a, a part of the community and something like I'm from Atlanta Actually, Decatur where is greater. And in Atlanta, you'll see something very... Have, do you know much about Atlanta? No, I don't. Well, you might have heard, like, downtown Atlanta, Buckhead. Like, it's very wealthy. People never hear about Conyers, which is on the other side of a Black community, which is extremely impoverished and completely white, you know? And anytime you talk to people in Atlanta, they never, ever address Conyers folks. Because, like, those folks out there are bumpkins, and, you know, they're not like us or whatever. And what ends up happening is these people in your community want your approval. You know, they want you to see them as awesome as like as they see you. And so they don't feel the empowered to to invoke violence against you all. So what they do, they they invoke violence against us. People should be thinking right now about Columbus, Georgia in 1968, when the KKK went um, crazy over the elections. And um, there was 336 cases of murder and assault to kill um, of freed black people so that they would not vote. And that drastically changed the political landscape in the area. And it, it, it drastically impacted the amount of black people who voted the next year. And popular media never covered this. You know, popular media never highlighted the fact that black areas were targeted by Ku, Ku Klux Klan members, you know, so that the progression that the reconstruction period wouldn't progress. These are the same people that right now, I feel like liberals and people who like are typically on the quote unquote right side of things are dismissing. And so that violence is not gonna be, will not impact you, the violence will impact us. And while this isn't a black issue because this really is a white on white thing, like white people feel like they're not having the power that they've had and they want to hold on to it you all have to in, within your community address that I've had a lot of people confide in me about like cousins and uncles that are just they don't get it and they don't get how they could be so racist but they don't want to talk to those people 
right now, if you're not talking to those people, you're directly putting my life at risk because they just been empowered last week. They, they only had what, how many 52 arrests or something? But we had 14,000 arrests over the um, uh, Black Lives Matter period, you know, of people who never actually harmed the government. So we just empowered all these white people who really have had this vendetta and no, and, and we're hoping that they'll, they'll get over it. But really, it has to be a, a conversation within the community of A, recognizing them within the white community and B, addressing and talking to them so that they don't, they don't take out this violence against black people and brown people because right now they've been taught that it's not going to have an impact. They're not going to be punished if they, if they murder us. They're not going to be punished. Yeah. And I, I, you know what, Riel, I have to take a quick break, but I have some more questions um, about um, some other things that have happened this week. Would you stay with me? Of course. Okay. Uh, Everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Helix Sleep. As you know, for the past four years, I've had problems sleeping. I thought it was all due to anxiety about the news and the orange menace in the White House. Turns out I also had a garbage mattress. And that is where Helix Sleep comes in. Helix understands that you're unique. And they customize your mattress to fit you in the way that you sleep best. Helix Sleep created a sleep quiz that takes two minutes to complete online. And they use the answers to match your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. So if you like a mattress that's soft or firm, or if you sleep on your side or your belly or your back, or if you sleep really hot like I do, with Helix, there is a specific mattress for each and everyone's unique taste. I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side so it's perfect for me but you don't have to take my word for it or Joelle and Mandy's word for it or Jordan's word for it it's the best mattress we've ever slept on but Helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and then again in 2020 by GQ and Wired magazine so just go to helixsleep.com slash dailybeans take their two minute sleep quiz they'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life and I mean they have a 10 year warranty and you get to try it out 100 sleeps risk free and they'll pick it up for you if you don't love it but you definitely will so they take out all the stress and all the risk and all the hassle but you will love Love it. Absolutely best mattress I've ever had. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're talking to Riel Jones, creator of the Black America Summit. And Riel, some some other things that have happened this week um, that I've noticed... Now, first of all, we do have to address that this may have been a coordinated effort to understaff the Capitol mm-hmm. Police and to delay a National Guard response so that this insurrection could be allowed to happen. But you add that with the perfect storm of some cops taking selfies and not really patting people down as they let them in. Um, and a, a lot of the other things that, that went on, there were some, you know, like uh Eugene Goodman, for example, the the lone cop who who tried to stop the mob um, of of angry white supremacists, the leader of which, by the way, has been arrested from getting up to the second floor to to Congress, and and he he was just totally outnumbered. Um, but on the other, I did that that needs to be we need to be very careful in the media for that to not that you know that potential fact that this was a coordinated effort to to have the police be overrun does not take away from um, some of the things that we're missing. Particularly, uh, I wanted to talk about how um, the National Guard in D.C. prepared for the, the Black Lives Matter uh, matters protests, uh, specifically the, the hundred or so unmarked federal police standing to, to guard the Lincoln uh, Memorial or that they would they were specifically using you know rubber bullets and tear gas against peaceful protesters to just simply move them out of the way for a photo op for the president move move those peaceful protesters out of the way um and i've seen the department of defense refer to this as a protest what happened last wednesday mm. a protest for first amendment rights and i wanted you to talk a, a little bit about the the preparedness remove for a minute the fact that there was a coordinated effort to to not have the police there but wouldn't that make it worse yes wouldn't that make it worse if it's coordinated because it's like how far did this go like and and then wouldn't that if if i was a white american i'd have to personally think if i was against quote-unquote defunding the police what now am i holding on to to keep the police 
if this is coordinated, like. <laughs> and and we can think of it in the opposite uh, direction, too, because all these people who, who these insurrectionists, these domestic terrorists who stormed the Capitol yeah. were all about blue lives matter and back the blue and the thin blue line until they beat to death a police officer and had smashed a cop in a door and had total disregard for what they say they stood for. So I think America needs to have a reckoning with this particular group of people about who they actually really support. And, you know, it's, it's, it, 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 to separate these things out is virtually impossible. Do you know what I mean? Right. And then, like, who can't, like, honestly, who can we trust? Like, <sighs> part of me, I feel like if I leave, you know, the South, if I leave the Midwest, I go to D.C., which is supposed to be, you know, every culture there, and I'm not even, like, where in, the, where in America is it safe? It, it, as a dark-skinned person, would I be safe to just be? You know, and, and if we spend billion, millions, billions of dollars on our police, our um, military and all of that, who are we, who, who are these police officers supposed to fight against? Is it just certain groups or is it actions? Are we fighting against actual wrongdoings or are we fighting against when we feel like threats are happening from people who are of a complexion, a certain complexion or darker. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I don't want the argument going forward that that will happen. And, and you know, that this was a coordinated effort uh, to overrun these cops. I don't want that to take away from the disparity between how Black Lives Matters protesters were treated and these insurrectionists were treated. And finally, I wanted to ask you about a video that I saw. Um, there's been a couple videos now of people being kicked off planes. They're on the no-fly list. <laughs> um, some are saying because maybe it was because they weren't wearing a mask, but others are saying it was because they stormed the Capitol. And um, we're still waiting for the reporting to bear out on that. But I saw there was one guy and he's running around the airport. He was not allowed on the plane. He's been put on the no-fly list. And he's but practically in tears. He's an older man. He's like in his 50s. Mm -hmm. And he's a white guy. And he's walking around the, you know, the waiting area of where people wait to get on the plane. And he's crying and he's yelling, this isn't fair. They called me a domestic terrorist. This is, you know, this is un-American. And then he says, they ruined my life. They ruined my life. And the first thing that struck me was that, first of all, if you stormed the Capitol, sir... You're alive. You're not in jail. You're drawing breath. And you did this to yourself. And to just hear somebody say they've ruined my life. You know, my first thought is ask George Floyd's family how how his life is going. Do you know, like, yeah. what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about when your actions directly result in this? How is it that they ruined your life? And it just it blew my mind. And who's the they? Who's the they? Yeah. You just got kicked off an airplane from the actions. Are you upset about the people that you feel like are taking over the country and that's why you came out to D.C. and now all this? Like, he's having a breakdown. He's having a nervous breakdown right there. So what he's saying isn't really, he's talking about a greater enemy that he feels like he's fighting. You know what I mean? And that's what we need to talk about. Again, not black Americans, white Americans. Need to talk about, like, what is this invisible enemy that you have? How have how can we de deconstruct this in your your mind and help you so that you're not taking this anger out everywhere you go? Because it, let it be the street, let it be Walmart, and he was able to get a, a, a Latina person or a black person in front of him and have that anger. He might not have be crying, okay? That crying might be come out in his fist or something, or him trying to push something, or you know. He's only crying and, and, and screaming like that because right then and there, he knows in the airport, he can't take that action out into violence. You know, he can only wail. He can only sob out into the world how life is unfair, you know? And you're right. Like, as a Black person, I'm like, let's ask all the Black people who have, who have been killed and harmed and not even that, but humiliated or their lives have been, like, the, the foundations of their lives have been taken by white supremacists in different aspects because like you started off this conversation, it's not just the police. Police reform was really where we were trying to start, you know, as, as a community. 
it's not just that. I think it's like you really need to talk about mental health and the impact that that him, because it's a it's a mental health thing. What does that? Where will he take that once he goes home? All that frustrations, all that whatever. It is funny to watch, but who's gonna get? Who's gonna be on the receiving end? It's like an abusive husband who can't take his anger out at the boss, so he goes home and abuses his wife because she knows she's not gonna fight him, and no one's gonna care if he beats her up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's redirected anger. It's redirected anger. So, like, the white community needs to come in and make sure that that anger is not redirected at our minorities. Because, like, and it's the last thing I'll say. Um, it's something I kind of wanted to pose to you. Uh, like, what is the worst thing about proxy wars? The impact it has on black and brown um, countries that don't know that they're pawns in a bigger game, you know? And, and, and that's how this feels, you know? The media doesn't need to call, don't need to bring this into a black thing because it's not a black thing. This is not a, a BLM thing. This is something completely different, you know, and I don't want it to get merged. Yeah. And it's definitely something we need to learn. Um, it's and it can be learned. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. trust me, I've, I've got PTSD and forever I was unable to understand the difference between rational and irrational thinking. And I, I would have to force myself to stop and have you know, to, you know, use evidence to deescalate my irrational thoughts. Yeah. Uh, and that took a lot of work and it can be done. And I think in the same vein, you know, because my response immediately on Wednesday comes from my frame of reference as a survivor and as a veteran and as a patriot, how it made me feel specifically. And to, it is, it is possible to hold those thoughts for a minute and have thoughts about how it impacts other people. Uh, and, it, it can be learned and um, we need to work on it. We need to find a way to do it. And again, that's why I thank you so much for reaching out to me because those, you know, your kindness and your taking time out of your day to to help me stop and think about it from another point of view. Uh, again, while, it, you know, I, I'm just so I just have a lot of gratitude uh, for you for do it to you for doing that because I need to learn to do it myself. And it's something that I need to spend time focusing on. It's a muscle. Right. <laughs> right. You, you know, it's a muscle. The more you do it, the, the stronger it gets. And I thank you for being receptive because a lot of people wouldn't. A lot of people would have been dismissive and like, you know, my heart. You know, that's not what I meant. You know, I, you know. <laughs> and I know your heart. That's why I wrote you. <laughs> you know, you're kind about it. You know, you're, and, and, and again, you didn't have to be and you shouldn't have to be. Uh, but it's like, uh, it, it's a, you're right. It's a muscle. It's something that has to be learned and it can be done. I promise everyone, everybody who's listening in the sound of my voice, I promise you it can be done. It just takes work. You have to focus on it and you have to do the work. Definitely. Well, Riel, thank you so much. Can you tell us, I'm so excited about your, your new podcast. Can you tell us about it? When, when, when it's coming out, what you're going to be doing, what, what are you going to be discussing and the topics you're going to be covering? Yes, we're so excited. So the Black America Summit had such a huge, like, warm welcome from our panelists and the audience. And a lot of people have asked me to continue the conversations. Um, so we're going to have a Black America podcast, which is um, a, a space for us to have cross-cultural conversations around phenomenon that impacts Black America. So our first series will launch in February, and we're talking about voter suppression and a 2020 election. Um, and I'm really excited because we have a lot of different um, uh, guests who are more than qualified to talk about this topic and to make sure that we're bringing in different people in the conversations, but keeping our focus on the impact of Black Americans throughout our, our identities, because we're not a monolith. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your voice. Thanks for your voice today here. And uh, I look forward to listening to that. I think it'll help me build that muscle. Thank you. I hope you have a good rest of your day. You as well. Let's just keep <laughs> hold batten down the hatches until January 20th. Yes. <laughs> and uh, try to keep moving forward. Thank you so much, creator of the Black America Summit and soon to be the Black America Summit podcast, Riel Jones. I appreciate your time today, really. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We're going to be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And this portion of Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp, which provides professional counseling to help you navigate this very challenging time. We all face difficulties and stresses and anxiety, but the important thing is is you don't have to face those challenges alone. So if you're struggling with anything that's preventing you from living your happiest life, I recommend BetterHelp. It is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. 
Uh, it's professional licensed therapy done online securely. And they'll assess your needs and they'll match you with a, a licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in less than 24 hours. As you know, I've had struggles with PTSD. I know how important it is to seek help rather than trying to face everything alone. And BetterHelp services are available for clients worldwide. And they have a broad range of expertise in their counselor network, which might not be locally available in your area in a brick and mortar building. But you can access this from anywhere. You can log on to BetterHelp anytime. You can schedule weekly phone or video sessions, and you can send a message to your counselor, and you'll get timely, timely and thoughtful responses. And they're, they are really committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, too. So they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. That doesn't happen in the real world, but it happens with BetterHelp. So visit their website and read testimonials like user DA, who says, This has been my first experience with talk therapy, and Rebecca has been extremely kind and knowledgeable walking me through this process. Confronting issues with anxiety can be uncomfortable, but she made it pleasant and confidence-building. And it was a wonderful experience. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced, licensed professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news. It's on the way. All right, let's get some good news injected into our veins. Oh, please, 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 please. Right into my veins, AG. Put it right mm. into my veins. I'm going to mainline the good news and then maybe some wine. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I did some weird thing where I haven't been drinking. I have no idea what's wrong with me right now. I know. I had I had a glass of champagne at New Year's, but uh, since the 27th of December, I haven't had any alcohol. Yeah. And, and for me, like last night, my Cleveland Browns won a... a, a, a a game. Oh my god. A playoff game against the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, they didn't just win a playoff game. I was texting you at the beginning going, "What is happening?" Play 1. The first play there was a f- there was a fumble touchdown. Yeah, I know. We were ahead by 28 points by the end. <laughs> and and if you're if you know anything about the Cleveland Browns, and, and hey, I I I'm not going to make any judgments about uh, our listeners or any stereotypes about listeners uh, to the to this program. Um, I am unusual. I'm a unicorn in my group in that I follow sports because I was born in Cleveland and there's just nothing else to do. And I'm a lesbian, so it's sort of in my DNA. Yes. So, so I'm I'm watching. We haven't been to the playoffs in 18 years. And now we are, and we win our first game against the Steelers, who won the division, our division. And I was just blown away, and I was like, I have a bottle of champagne. I didn't open it. So I, I was just like went to bed instead. And then, so now I do have that uh, for this evening. But I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm with the, I just kind of look at it, and I'm like, eh. Save it for inauguration. You know, I have two nice, and then we'll get into the good news. I have two nice bottles of champagne on my fridge, and one of them is for when I sell my pilot, and the other one is... I, I feel like it should be opened on Inauguration Day when Donald J. Trump is no longer the president of the United States of America. I approve your version of a All vision right. board. Instead of, inst- I just have bottles with labels on them that say, for when you sell your pilot, for when you take Bill Maher's job, for when, <laughs> for when you finish your book, for when, you know, that's my kind of vision board. Okay. I love it. Let's get to the good news. Blurred vision board, we'll call it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. First up from he, him, anonymous. Hi, it's Kevin Fuck. Oh, I guess he's not anonymous. It's Kevin <laughs> Fuck from Chicago. Okay, so when we did our live show in Chicago, there's this guy named Kevin. He went by Kevin Fuck on Twitter, and he's absolutely incredible. And I said, oh, my God, I can't believe your name is Kevin Fuck, because I had a cat named Kevin Fuck. So uh, anyway, we connected, and he made me drink some weird local Chicago booze made out of dandelions that was disgusting. But Kevin Fuck says, hello from Chicago. <laughs> The good news I've been eager to share is that on Sunday, I proposed to my girlfriend in an arboretum in the suburbs. I had coordinated with friends, so they were able to take pictures of the moment. I'm absolutely over the moon that she said yes. Your good news segment always cheers me up, and I'm happy to contribute mine this week. P.S. I think this calls for a celebratory shot of Malort. That's That's the the shit you drank. Yep. That must be the stuff you drank. I drank. Kevin Fuck, congratulations. Uh, Is she going to change her last name to Fuck, or... Mrs. Fuck? The hyphen fuck, yeah. Oh, I would love that. Especially if I was an athlete like a child. Just be like, yep. 
All right, fucks up to bat. What is happening right now? Okay, uh, this next bat. good news story comes from Danielle, pronouns she and her. Good news. Just as I was finishing my PhD program in England, I started to get sick. I love how these people nope, nope. start with good news, but I'm going to continue. No, nope. in then, English, not in then, England. S- oh. <laughs> uh, ironically uh, enough. <laughs> I, we're not correcting that. I'm just going to start over because <laughs> it's just such a good fuck up. All right. <laughs> Good news. Just as I was finishing my PhD program in England. <laughs> in English, I started to get sick and then sicker until finally I, I couldn't get out of bed. I completely lost the opportunity to pursue my lifelong dream of becoming a college professor. Oh, no. I swear good news is coming. It's been four years since I got sick. I still haven't totally made peace with my new life, a life in which I'm not able to do the basic life things, let alone do things I used to be good at. My attention span is now almost absurdly short. And so I've really missed reading and talking about books. When my friend happened to mention R.L. Stein Kids books series Goosebumps, I started thinking, one, goosebumps were within my micro-attention span, and two, everyone's required to have a podcast. So I made one. Awesome. Joined by said friend and my partner, we created Geesebumps. Uh, a Did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. That's hilarious. Ah. Geesebumps. A did You Mean Goosebumps podcast. There's just one little thing. These two rascals happen to be stand-up comedians. Oh. Talking books with them is very different from talking books with grad students, since they actually have a goddamn sense of humor. Working with them has taught me a brand new, much more irreverent way to approach books. And so now, once a week, I get to hang out and be an idiot with two people I love dearly. And it's brightened my life so much. I can't quite capture how grateful I am to both of them for the joy and humor they bring to my life every week. Ultimately, if no one else ever listens to it, the podcast will always be precious to me for the light it's brought to me in such a dark place and at such a dark time. And now, here are my other two idiots, Cowboy the Puddle and Cha-Cha the Neurotic One. Look <laughs> at the puddle. <laughs> oh my goodness. Geese bumps. Excellent. Cute. And we have a we have a PhD in English and two comedians going over the geese bumps. That's wonderful. I love it. Everyone check it out. Next up from anonymous pronouns he and him. Love your pod. Believe it or not, I listen in the dark before I go to sleep at night. Your voices allow me to focus and quiet my mind. We've been told this, right, Dana? Would they call it the shit show lullaby? We actually had someone send in and I I it was absolutely beautiful. A piano medley of what our voices sound like to them and it was absolutely beautiful i don't want to name them just in case they don't want to be named but uh i loved it i loved listening to it yes anyway continue um anonymous says i'm what you would call a manual therapist kind of a massage therapist with specific training i'm paid on commission basis and only when working with a client to make extra cash i was driving for uber one day Uh, As a man ran a red light and took out the front corner of my car. I could not use my insurance. I had to use the one provided by Uber. I was told uh, it would only take a week or so to fix the car, which ended up being three months, still paying for my own insurance, a rental car with no money for car payments or credit card bills. Two days after I got my car back, it was repossessed by the finance company. So the week of Christmas, no car to get to work, no money to pay bills. I called a friend to ask her advice on high interest loans, and she said, forget that. I'll just give you uh, two grand to get a car, which I did. Wow. OMG. Now for the good news. Starting this week, the company I work for is giving me a promotion to administrative assistant, which is a paid salary, and I can still see clients as an extra bonus. My boss said you won't have to worry about making enough money ever again. Aww. Thank you. I will see you in my dreams. Congratulations. Oh, seriously, congratulations into the, the angel... Mm. for the card donation to you as well thank you there are good good people out there good good people this next one comes from anonymous pronouns she and her last week at the happy hour you asked us what we do to find joy in these times or something like that here's what i do i found this website adoptaclassroom.org it gets better than a 96 percent rating on charitynavigator.org so i think it's a good one once a month i go in there and use a search tool to find a teacher asking for donations <gasps> This makes me so happy. I start by picking one of the most poorly run red states I can think of, and like Kentucky or Arkansas or Oklahoma or something. And then I start going through the quests. I bounce over to greatschools.org, a website designed to help people determine the quality of schools across the country. I think it's intended for people who are home shopping. But it was a section that tells you a bit of the demographics of the school you look up. So I look up schools from which the teachers are requesting donations until I find a school where at least 75% of the student's population is a minority, 
And most of all the students come from low-income households. Then I send the teacher $100 or $150, depending on how plush I'm feeling that month. The only note I leave with my donation is be smart, be strong, be kind, which is kind of like my uh, agnostic prayer for them and their students. Usually they send back a little thank you note, and sometimes they submit a copy of an order they made from some vendor or their students so you can see how the gifts were used. But that's only exchange between us, which is what gives me the most joy. I like to think about it, how it would feel uh, to open my email and find that a stranger thought I was important enough to send a good wad of cash to me and my students. I wish I could send more, but I do what I can. For Pod Pet Tax, here's a picture of my anonymous he, him, kitty. Uh, the vet described him as a suit kitty, uh, because though he looks dark, a, a soot, soot kitty, because he looks dark, he has a milky white undercoat. So he looks like somebody took a white kitty and covered him with soot. Uh, <laughs> oh, he sure does. He's hard to catch a good picture of because usually he looks a little stoned, but be- tonight he was sitting on the bathroom sink and smiled for the camera. He's the sweetest little guy ever. I mean, that is so cute. Oh. I love that the undercoat's white. too. <laughs> that last Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh, what in the, that's hilarious. I just love this story. And now I'm going to go to this website. Mm. Every time I do a show, I always donate part of my tips because I basically survive on tips. Now I have a Venmo and a PayPal, but when people watch the shows, they tip and I always raise money for another organization. And sometimes people are just incredibly generous because they love me or they want to get back. So I'm going to go check out this adopted classroom because I know how hard it is for teachers. It's fucking ridiculous. Listen, I, I have all the respect for professional athletes, AG, but when they're making millions and teachers have to buy their own pencils, something's yep. very fucked up in our country. Yep. So adoptaclassroom.org. And then she says she bounces over to greatschools.org. It's supposed to be used for, you know, people shopping for a home, but... She she uses it to navigate the schools that are most in need. That's so great. So smart. So smart. Ah, uh, next up from Holly, pronouns she and her. With extra time on my hands and anxiety to burn, I have generalized anxiety disorder. I started sewing and painting during 2020, and I've created so many beautiful things that bring me and others joy. I've even sold quite a few. My favorite are fabric collage paintings from beautiful African cloth inspired by my childhood in Kenya. I'm really proud of my work and thrilled to have a new hobby that I love so and that I can do the rest of my life. It helps me manage my anxiety disorder. See photos plus pod pet. Okay. The pod pet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Look at these. Oh, wow. I really love that third one. Oh, man. These are beautiful. We're going to put these in the newsletter. These are incredible. Absolutely gorgeous. I love the heritage behind it. This is beautiful. Definitely check these out in the newsletter. Absolutely wonderful. Um, This next one comes from she, her, or they, them. Uh, is okay too. What AT joining AG for the cleanup podcast? You now have AG, DG, AC, and AT. You have enough letters to make DNA. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm not sure we should replicate, but I love all of you. I've been listening since the uh, Mueller days. Mueller Mueller Mueller. days. See, I'm new to, I I came in after these, so I don't know all these little inside things. Mueller days. Um, And I'm so impressed at how much you've grown and shifted to stay ahead of the news and for bringing in new voices. You should all be very proud for what you've accomplished. For the pod pet tax, please see my black cat, Razzie, who was named after Billy Flynn's character's best song in Chicago. Give him the old razzle-dazzle, razzle-dazzle him. Um, this, uh, the chill photo show that this is a cat who gives zero fucks. Um, th- yeah, when you can put glasses on a cat, it definitely gives zero fucks. <laughs> Look at him in his hammock with his ass hanging off the side. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, razzle-dazzle, you're so adorable. Ah, all right, let's see here. Next up, uh oh, the pictures. Okay, next up, Mary. I'm hoping this is good news. My boyfriend of 13 years immigrated from Austria to Canada in his 20s. I live two hours away across the border and we met through my work way back in 88, strictly business. Years later, we were both single and dated a little. Uh, we were linked by our love of travel and outdoor adventure, among other things. Unusual circumstances urged us to take a break, and life went on. I'm doing the Ross. Uh, hand motion right there from friends. Uh, Ten years later, yes, ten, we went out for lunch and have been together ever since. We ruled out marriage because neither of us wanted to leave our country of citizenship, but did the traveling back and forth, spent lots of time together, especially after we both retired. Then came the pandemic. The last time we were together, February of 2020, we went on an icy river raft trip in northern Michigan, not knowing the border would soon close to inessential travel, and we would soon be left to communicate only through FaceTime. Finally, here's the happy part. 
I just read my county will open vaccination availability to my age group in two days. So I emailed the sign-up form immediately. Now I wait for a call. Whoever thought a shot in the arm could be so highly anticipated as the light at the end of the tunnel? Sorry this is so long, but it's hard to anticipate the almost ending without knowing some of the unlikelihood of us ever being together in the first place. Pet tax. I currently have no pets, but my three grandkids do. And this photo shows her making a very happy pillow. <gasps> oh. oh, the hair. Look at the hair. Oh. All of it. My goodness. My ovaries. <laughs> Ow, my ovaries. Ow, my ovaries, AG. <laughs> my eggs are deviled, Dana. So they're, they're, they, see, they see children. And... Oh, not mine. But I tell you what. Yeah. My <laughs> eggs are probably dry by now, but who knows? <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for these submissions. These are also wonderful. Please continue to send us um, everything and anything you could think of. Corrections, confessions, disputes for Amy's court, good news, personal, political, whatever it is. And you can do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. So that is it. Everybody, tomorrow, actually tonight, it's Tuesday, 5 p.m., uh, Torres and I, Andrew Torres and I will be doing a live Q&A again on the Stereo app. Download the app. It's free. When it asks you to share your info and your phone number, just say no. You don't have to do that. Uh, and then we'll send out a link um, on Twitter and to, to patrons, but it's public and you can join and, and ask questions. So that'll be fun. It'll be wonderful. You should join it for sure. Anyway, do you have anything else that you want to add today? Yeah, just a little reminder to those of us uh, out there. And if you're listening and you feel overwhelmed and scared and terrified by what's going on, I, I really want you to think for a minute. Am I safe where I'm at right now? And I'm saying this because I had a discussion with a listener that I think more people probably need to hear. If you are safe where you are sitting right in that moment, take a breath and remember that you cannot change what's going to happen with this base. You cannot change what's going to happen in any of these capital cities. What you can do is stay home, you can stay safe, and you can take a break from the news. Turn off Twitter, turn off social media, turn off the news for a day, get out of your house, go for a walk, make a painting, cook something new. You got to give yourself some self-love. This is hard and none of us are equipped to deal with it. So just, just try and do some taking care of yourself. Okay. Yeah. Show yourself some grace. Yes. Grace. Jean Yoon, you know, from Kim's Convenience, uh, sent me a message and she says, you have to listen to Ruby, the adventures of a galactic gumshoe on Amazon um, she says it's hilarious and incredible, made in 86. And she's been trying to get me to, to listen to this. So that's what I'm going to start doing. When I'm going to go for walks and or jogs in the morning and, um, and start, start doing that. Uh, the, the, the Adventures of Ruby the Galactic Gumshoe. And if you want a quick uh, Netflix watch, it's a half hour. It's Pretend It's a City. It's called Pretend It's a City. Um, and it's fan fucking tastic especially from new york just trust me go to netflix find it hit play it's a half an hour of your life and it's going to bring you so much joy excellent thank you thank you everyone everyone until tomorrow please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of the planet and take care of your mental health i got them in the right order this time everybody i've been ag <laughs> and i've been dg <laughs> them's the beans the daily beans is directed written and hosted by executive producer allison gill and engineered and edited by mackenzie mazell and starburns audio Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>